This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We continue to work our way toward Christmas Day. In fact, one week from today will be Boxing Day. So let's make the most of it by featuring more shows designed specifically for this time of year. Now, not everyone is excited about this festive time of year, as we'll hear in tonight's first show, Duffy's Tavern, with Archie the bartender, pretty much of a Christmas crank. We'll get to the show in a moment, but first in a word or two about the creator of Duffy's Tavern. Archie was portrayed by Ed Gardner, the writer-actor who co-created the series. Now, the program often featured celebrity guest stars, but always hooked them around the misadventures, get-rich-quick schemes, and romantic missteps of the title establishment's Malapop-Pone metaphor-mixing manager. Try saying that twice fast. (laughs) Owner Duffy was never heard nor seen, either on the radio program or in the 1945 film adaptation, or the short-lived 1954 TV series. Archie constantly bantered with Duffy's man-crazy daughter, Miss Duffy, played by several actresses, beginning with Gardner's real-life first wife, Shirley Booth, and especially with Clifton Finnegan, a likable soul with several screws loose and a knack for falling for every other salesman's scams. Eddie the Waiter was played by Eddie Green, The pianist Fats Pichon took over the role after Green's death in 1950. Hoping to take advantage of the income tax-free status of Puerto Rico for future projects, Gardner moved the show to there in 1949. The show that you're going to hear tonight first aired in 1948. It's Wednesday night, so we take you now to Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. The program you're about to hear is brought to you with a wish. A wish from Bristol Myers that your Christmas may be merry and that the new year for all of us be a happy and a peaceful one. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leak meat to eat? Archie demands his bacon. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Huh? Look, please don't give me that Merry Christmas stuff. I sound like I got up on the wrong side of the floor this morning. Look, Duffy, I had one eggnog. Just happened that I hit some bad nutmeg. (laughs) Well, if you want to know, I'm a little sore about your gratuity for Christmas. That lousy Christmas card. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. P.S. After you read this, get back to work. <laughs> Fine sentiment this time of the year. 
Well, after nine years, I thought maybe I might get some little present, some little luxury, some little thing I wouldn't think of getting for myself, like money. <laughs> huh? Look, Duffy, someday you're going to leave this veil of tears. You're going to leave it with your pockets bulging with bills, but I'm warning you. Where you're going, you're going to find that paper money ain't going to last long. <laughs> I leave you with that thought for today. Christmas. Seven days a week. Eighteen hours a day. I work my grindstone to the nose. <laughs> what do I get? Nothing but gratitude. And very little of that. Merry Christmas, Miss Austin. What's so merry about it, Eddie? Starvation wages. No dough to buy nothing. Oh, you got a little dough. Yeah, but how far will it take me with the present prices of economics? <laughs> the landlady sends me a notice. From the first of the year on, your apartment will be $9 a month. $9 for four lousy rooms. Uh, does that include bath? Who knows? <laughs> Never get to see the place the way I have to work around here, but does Duffy care? Well, don't let it get you, Miss Arthur. You see, this is the time of the year to forget your trouble. Yeah. Christmas is the time when you should be thinking about helping other people out. Helping other people out, huh? When Gorilla Hogan got drunk and nasty here last night and started picking on me, did you help me out? Uh, I couldn't, see. I was back in the kitchen cooking. What takes a half an hour to cook? With Gorilla Hogan drunk and nasty, a couple of three-minute eggs. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. When I'm in a fight and I need help, you disappear. Yeah, but you always bragging about what a wonderful fighter you are. You certainly picked the funniest times to start believing me. <laughs> you give me that Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, boys. Merry Christmas, Miss Duff. Archie, I said Merry Christmas. Are you kidding? What have I got to be merry about working for that cheapskate old man of yours? Archie, you just don't know Papa. He really isn't cheap. No, that's right. Once in an outburst of generosity, he gave away his toenail clippings. <laughs> what about the time he took your old lady on their honeymoon? Where did they go? Niagara Falls. That's what he told everybody, Niagara Falls. But what he really did, they stayed home and your old man let the water run in the bathtub while he showed your mother a box of shredded wheat. <laughs> Tell me how cheap the guy is. Just a minute. Hello? Oh, just a second. It's your girlfriend, Vera Fogarty. Oh, oh, thanks. Uh, hello, Vera. How did you do with Santa Claus? Okay, but no presents, huh? <laughs> can't have everything, Vera. What's on your mind? A dance? Where? At the Y? M or W? <laughs> the YW, huh? Well, okay, Vera, I'll go. But this time, you've got to lead. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll meet you at Chimelbacher's. Well, so long, everybody. I got a heavy date. Uh, what are you going to do tonight, Archie? Me? I think I'll just spend a quiet evening standing around disappointing pickpockets. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good night, Jack. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, hello, Finnegan. Uh, ain't you gonna wish me a Merry Christmas? Yeah, Merry Christmas. 
Did you hang up your stocking? Oh, no. I, I hung up my stocking last year, and it was a bum idea. A bum idea? Yeah, the blood kept rushing to me head. <laughs> And what I meant was, did you get any presents for Christmas? Oh, dear, a few things, George. My mother gave me some building blocks. Monogrammed, of course. <laughs> and uh, dear, my sister gave me a bottle of bubble bath. Bubble bath? Yeah, and is that stuff a fake? What do you mean, a fake? I sat in a tub and took four drinks of it, and I couldn't even blow a single bubble. <laughs> Well, I just dropped in to say hello. Uh, I gotta run along, Art. You gotta run along? Where you going? I'm going over to sing Christmas carols. Oh, yeah? Where? At Water McGuikes. Oh. Uh, you going over, Art? No, I'm not. How come? Didn't invite me. Oh, oh. Uh, well, I'll be seeing you, Art. Uh, you, you mean you ain't gonna spend Christmas with me like you usually do? Well, Arch, I thought you was going to McGuck's too, so I accepted. Uh, you ain't sore, are you? No, no. Why should I be sore? Go ahead. Have a good time. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Arch. Merry Christmas, Clifton. Fine Christmas. No bonus. Your friends walk out on you. The next guy that says Merry Christmas to me, I'm going to punch him right in the nose. Ah, what's the use? Eddie. Uh, yeah. Eddie, turn on the radio, will you? Maybe it'll snap me out of this mood. Okay. Eddie, that's Christmas music. Take it off, will you? Get me something with some pep in it. Okay, I'll try another station. Eddie, Eddie, please, I asked you, didn't I? Well, Mr. Archer, I don't think there's anything on the radio but Christmas music. Well, keep pushing them buttons. There must be something else on the air. Eddie, what are you trying to do? Drive me nuts? Look, look bad. I'm running out of buttons. <laughs> okay, forget about it. Well, I think we better lock up the place. It's getting late. Okay. I'll go clean up in the kitchen. All right, do that. This Christmas music. I ain't got enough trouble at this time of the year. They got to put on music that makes them even sadder. Hello there, Archie. Huh? Hey, how did you get in here? Walked in. That's funny. I thought I just locked the door. We was closing up. Oh, and maybe I'd better leave. Listen, you said Archie. How did you know my name? Well, I've heard about you. Oh, well, I'm pretty well known around here. Will you have a little drink, bud? No, I don't think so. Go ahead, it's on the house. On the house? Sure, it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, huh? Well, anyway, it's a day in December. What do you have? Well, maybe I'll take a glass of water. Water here? <laughs> you kidding? Here, mister, we got some pretty good wine here. At least have a glass of wine, huh? Look, i never seen you around here before. How did you happen to come in here to the tavern? Oh, I was just walking around, saw the lights, thought I'd drop in. You, uh, you don't think much of Christmas, do you, Archie? Oh, you've got me wrong. I love it. I wouldn't be without it. Good old Christmas. 
It's the time of the year when after you work for a guy for nine years and knock your brains out, he says to you, Merry Christmas, Archie. The time when even your closest friend walks out on you. Well, maybe there's another side to Christmas. Oh, yeah? Like what? Well, like... Like the look on a kid's face when he sees what Santa Claus has left in his stocking. Uh-huh. Or like the feeling in a man's heart when his family's around him on Christmas Eve. You see, Christmas isn't a thing you can reach out and touch, Archie. It's a thing inside us. Look, bud. I can see you've been running around with a different class of people. Around this neighborhood, every guy is out for himself. Oh, I don't know. I think this neighborhood and the people are pretty much the same as most others. Oh, I know he's a stranger. Well, I, I could be wrong. Why don't you and I take a little walk? You mean you want to see for yourself? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little fresh air will do you good, Archie. Fresh air? Are you inferring this joint as an incinerator? <laughs> well, no. Well, it is. Come on, let's go. Uh, hey, Eddie, keep an eye on the joint, will you? Listen to that, will you? Not only don't you only get it over the radio, you can't even walk along a public street with that belting it at you. I kind of like it. You like it? Well, everybody throws his own poison. Did you ever listen to the words of that tone? Did you? I should. I had to listen to them all day. All is calm, all is bright. How do you like that? The world is a mess. Everybody has his hand in the other guy's pocket, but... Don't make no difference to the guy that wrote that song. To him, all is bright. Well, maybe the guy that wrote that song was thinking about something in men's hearts. Something that shines a little brighter on a day like this. Didn't you ever sing Christmas carols, Archie? Oh, yeah. Christmas carols, sure. When I was a punk kid and I didn't know no better. But you have to grow up someday. Now, that's the trouble with a lot of us. Maybe we're not growing up. Maybe we're just losing track of things that matter. Like what? Oh, things like faith, tolerance, human kindness. That's nice. And where does one find them things? You don't find them, Archie. You give them. It's a funny thing. The more you give, the more you have. Uh, Say, why don't we drop in over there? Huh? Across the street. Across the street? That's a church. Yeah, I know. Why don't we drop in for a second? Into a church? Why not? But I, I wouldn't know how to act. You uh, don't go to church, huh? Well, no, I'm not rapping it, you know. It's just that there's two types of guys when it comes to going to church. There's them that doesn't, them that don't. <laughs> I happen to be the type that don't. Well, now, why don't you just drop in with me for a second? Hmm? Well, I guess if I go with somebody else, it won't count against me. Uh, funny thing, though, you know, to take a look at you, I wouldn't figure that you was the religious type. No. No, oh, but that's what I say. You never can tell about people. Okay, leave us go in. Nice in here, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of quiet. Yeah, I guess this is one of the few places left where you can find peace and quiet. That's what I can't understand. People just come in here and... And they sit. They, they just sit. They don't do nothing. Oh, yes, they do. They pray, meditate. Some of them even come in here to keep warm. Couldn't they do that just as well at home? Maybe some of them don't have a home. You see? That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's a pretty tough world. It'd be tougher if they didn't have a place like this to come to. 
Didn't you ever pray, Archie? Once, no, when I was a kid. What was that prayer again? They learned us, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I, I did. Well, you know the thing I mean. But, look, mister, please. Please, leave us, leave us get out of here and begin to get the heebie-jeebies. All right. Just a second, bud. What? What are you doing? Well, the sign says help the poor, don't it? I thought you believed in everybody helping themselves. Well, I do, but tonight maybe I'm a little superstitious. Or maybe it's just because it's Christmas. Look, mister, please, don't start with that piece on that stuff, will you? I told you I'd take you around, show you the neighborhood and what it's really like now. Please, let's keep it that way. Just a minute, I want to pick up a paper. Paper? Yeah, that triple kid there. Nice kid, Jimmy Turner. Triple, huh? Yeah, he ain't walked in years, but he's always got a smile for everybody, and I like to help him out once in a while. Paper, read all about it. Get your paper. Hiya, Jimmy. Hello, Archie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, kid. Oh, Jimmy, it's a little tough not being able to walk, isn't it? Uh, I ain't kicking. I can yell. That's all I need for this racket. Why'd you get for Christmas, Jimmy? Nothing much. But it's okay. I got my Christmas present last summer. Last summer? Yeah. One of my customers took me up to the Yankee Stadium to see the Yanks play. You like the Yanks, Jimmy? Like them. Did you ever see that DiMaggio play ball? Uh, give me a paper, son. Yeah, okay, mister. Here you are. Latest edition. Thanks, kid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mister. You were talking about Joe DiMaggio, Jimmy. Oh, boy. What a ball player. That DiMaggio's the greatest outfield in the world. And the way that guy can pull him. Jimmy, do you know who that was who bought the paper just now? Who? That was Joe DiMaggio. You're kidding. No, no, look at him. He just stopped there by that streetlight. Joe DiMaggio? You mean Joe bought a paper from me and I didn't even recognize him? Wait a minute. Maybe I can get him to come back. Hey, DiMaggio. Hey, DiMaggio. Hey, you. You calling me? Yes. You know, you've got quite an admirer in that crippled newsboy over there. Me? Yeah. Now, now look... You're Joe DiMaggio. And if that kid could shake hands with you, it'd be the best Christmas present he ever got. Would you do it? Of course I will. Be glad to. Come on, let's go over to him. No, just a minute. Let him walk over to you. But, mister, I told you the kid can't walk. Let's find out, Archie. Oh, Jimmy. Joe DiMaggio wants to shake hands with you. Yeah, come on, Jimmy. Come on over and shake hands. Gee, Joe, don't you see? I can't. Come on, Jimmy. Joe. Joe, I'm walking. Dimash. You see what I'm doing, Dimash? I'm walking. I can't understand it. It's positively incredible. What's the matter? That kid back there, I seen him sitting on that corner like that for the past six years, and tonight the kid is walking. Maybe he could have walked all the time. No. No, he couldn't. You did it. You did it by, by telling that was Joe DiMaggio. It was. Now, look, you can fool a kid, but don't try to fool me. It, it couldn't have been DiMaggio. No? Certainly not. I just read in the papers this morning DiMaggio was spending Christmas with his family in San Francisco. Hey, look, this, this thing is getting a little weird. Nice town, San Francisco. Huh? Oh. 
Oh, I ain't never been that far west. Uh, San Francisco, your hometown? No, no. Uh, where are you from? I'm from the east. The east? Uh, what town? A small town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem, huh? Hey, you know anybody in Allentown? <laughs> I might. A guy by the name of Lou Grant? Lou Grant. Uh, does he run a barn grill on Front Street? Yeah, that's the guy. Well, you should get around, don't you? Uh, what are you, one of them traveling salesmen or something? Well, I guess you might call me that. Well, say, what's the excitement? What's the crowd doing in front of that hotel? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, lady. Lady, what's going on here? That man, that man up there on the ledge. Where? Up there on the window ledge of the hotel. He says he's going to jump at midnight. Why? I don't know. I guess he's crazy. He says he never wants to see another Christmas. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can hardly blame the guy. Wait. There goes the chimes. Must be quarter to twelve. Let me check my watch here. Yeah. The guy's got exactly 15 minutes before he jumps. Let's stick around. Are you sure of the time? Well, certainly. I always set me watch by them chimes. Well, how long has he been up there? Oh, for hours. The police have been trying to find his wife. His wife? Yes. They think maybe if they found her, she could talk him out of it. Come on, Archie. Where are you going? I'd like to talk to that fellow. Are you crazy? They ain't going to let you in that hotel. Look at the cops guarding the doorway. Besides, you can't do nothing with a guy like that. He's nuts. I'd like to talk to him anyway. Okay, have it your way. We'll tell the cops we live in a hotel. But uh, I better go along with you. Hey, wait a minute, you. Where do you think you're going? We live here. Uh, me and me friend here was just going up to our suite. You and what friend? That guy there. That guy that just walked in. Nobody walked in this hotel, bud. And nobody's going to walk in. Okay, so nobody walked in. What am I going to do? Argue with you? I'm telling you, I just come in with the guy. Look, son, why don't you go home and sleep it off? Listen, you. Don't come near and try to grab me. If you do, I'll jump. I'm not going to grab you. I just came to talk to you. To see if maybe I could change your mind. It's too late to change my mind. As soon as those chimes ring, I'm jumping. I'm not afraid to die. Maybe you're afraid to live. A lot of people are. What have I got to live for? What have any of us got to live for? Look at those people down there on the street, hundreds of them, waiting for a ray of hope, a sign of courage in this frightened world. What you're doing might extinguish the last spark of faith in many of their tired hearts. Their tired hearts. At least their wives are with them at Christmas. Come on, chimes, ring. Ring. Let's get it over with. Your wife means a lot to you, doesn't she? If she didn't, do you think I'd be up here? I haven't had one peaceful moment since she left me. Why did she leave you? Because I was a fool. Because I... But it's too late to think of that. Oh, why don't those chimes ring out and get it over with? What's slowing them up? Nothing's slowing them up. It's just that in these last moments, the seconds seem like years. Paul? Paul? Anne? Yes, darling, it's me. Oh, Anne. Thank God, thank God you've come back. My darling. Those chimes. I was going to jump when I heard that. Yes, I know. I know. I was afraid I was too late. Thank God I got here in time.
I found you again. Hey, it's you. How did you do it, mister? How'd you stop that guy from jumping? Just talked to him till his wife came. She just got there in time. Yeah. Funny how she just got there in time, wasn't it? What do you mean? Well, it happens I was looking at me watch, timing it out to see when a guy was going to jump. So? Them chimes rang four minutes late. Maybe your watch is slow. Oh, no, it ain't. Remember, I checked it with the chimes a little while ago, and them bells has never been wrong. Look, come on. Leave us get out of here. I'm getting back to the tavern. This is a little too spooky for me. Okay, we'll, we'll take a cab. There, there's an empty one. Where to, fellas? We want to go to Duffy's tavern. Quick. Okay. Uh, how about a little music? Wait a minute. Please, take that thing off of there, will you? Get something else. Okay, okay. Oh, what the yes. Leave it on there. Uh, look, mister. Yeah? You know something? You stay pretty calm considering all the crazy things that have been happening tonight. It's a little weird. First the newsboy. Then the guy on the window ledge. Well, we all have our troubles, Archie. We all get off the track once in a while. We just need something bigger than ourselves to steer us straight. I mean, something like religion? Call it that. Call it human kindness, tolerance, understanding. Begin to see what you mean. Hey, driver, watch out for that guy! Look, don't worry, taxi, it wasn't your fault. The guy walked right out in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you see him, mister? He walked right out in front of me. Well, let's see how badly he's hurt. Hey, we better call a cop. Hey, here comes a cop now. All right, all right. Stand back. Give the poor devil a chance. Now, what happened here? Well, the guy walked right out in front of the cab. Yeah, the driver's right, officer. It wasn't a taxi's fault. We was riding along, and all of a sudden, this guy stepped right out in front of the cab. Like he was blind. Hey, wait a minute. He is a blind man. There's this cane there. Here, maybe I can help him. Wait a minute, you take your hands off him. It's against the law. Wait till the ambulance gets here. Against the law to help someone? You heard me. You never know when you're doing them more harm than good. All right, officer, just as you say. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Look. The guy's getting up. What? What hit me? The crowd. The noise. I was all confused. Tell me. What? Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Lights and faces. I can see. I can see. Easy now, mister. You better not try to get up. I'm all right, I tell you. And I can see. For the first time since Okinawa, I can see. Uh, I didn't mean to hit you, bud. Didn't mean to hit him. You've done him a favor. The guy says he can see. Hey, the, the shock must have given back his sight. No. No, it wasn't that. Someone touched me. I felt a cool hand. And the minute he touched me, I was all right. Where is he? Where is he? Come on, Archie. Let's go. We've done all we can. Well, it certainly is good to be back in a tavern again. I think we'd better have a little drink, though. Uh, you want to finish your wine, bud? No, thanks. You, you know something? I'm, I'm all mixed up. Mixed up? Yeah, about this Christmas stuff. Well, you see, Archie, 
As I said, Christmas isn't just a date on a calendar. Or a brief in a window or a song. It's something in men's hearts. And they can let it die or keep it in their hearts the year round. 365 days of Christmas. You know, it's a funny thing. If you'd said that to me a little while ago, I'd have, I'd have laughed in your face. But now I don't know. I don't know. Wait a second. I'd, I'd like to turn on the radio a minute. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, that's a good one. I wonder what happened to that silent night. What do you think of that? All night long, they played that same tune and it drove me nuts. Now, all of a sudden, I got a feeling I'd kind of like to hear it again. Miss Archie. Miss Archie. Mr. Archie. Huh? Uh, what is it, Eddie? I finally got you some dance music on the radio. Eddie, I don't want no dance music. Turn it off, will you? I wish you'd make up your mind. Uh, look, mister, until you walked in here today, I... Hey, Eddie. Eddie, what happened to that guy I was talking to? Well, nobody talking to you. You're nuts. He was standing here at the bar. He came in with me. Miss Archie, please, there's nobody here. No? Maybe it was all... Eddie, you sure that there was nobody here? No. Must have been seeing things. Maybe you're right. But I... Wait a minute. This glass of wine here. The glass is half empty. Huh? Nothing, Eddie. Nothing. Just leave me alone for a little while, will you? Okay. Good night, Miss Archie. Good night, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah? Merry Christmas. Oh. Thanks, Miss Archie. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Good night. Good night. Christmas. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. wish for a very merry, a very happy Christmas. Stay tuned for Mr. District Attorney next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Mr. District Attorney on Theater of the Mind. My Pana Toothpaste and Sal Hepatica present Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth. Guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mr. District Attorney is brought to you by Ipana Toothpaste and Sal Hepatica. Ipana for the smile of beauty. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. Ipana, Sal Hepatica. Thank you. 
experience in our war against crime, ladies and gentlemen, nothing in the popular conception of crime is so widespread and so erroneous as the idea that honor exists among thieves. In tonight's case of the deadly snowflake, we see this so-called criminal code for what it is, a cold, stubborn, selfish fear based on a colossal contempt for decency. We begin in a bedroom darkened by shades drawn tight to the sill. Agnes. Agnes, is that you? Go back to sleep, Blair. The doc says you should rest. Ah, him a doc. They threw him out years ago. Did you talk to him, Agnes? You tell me not to. Don't you think you'd better? What's the matter? Took the bandages off your head, huh? I'm lucky I'm alive, he said, Agnes. That cop's bullet went right across my skull. I know. You're lucky you got home. I still got my fingers, too. That's real talent, Agnes. One in a million. What do you mean you still got your fingers? I'll, uh, I'll get to that. First, I... I just want to say I'm sorry about... Well, about the way I've been treating you. You what? Uh, I don't mean to, well, knock you around, Agnes. I, I just get nervous when I'm going out on the job. What's come over you, Leo? You know how it is. Feeling those tumblers fall with your fingers... It's tough work, Agnes. Oh, uh, that reminds me. What? I want you to get hold of a guy. You remember him? Rudy Bowie? Oh. What's the matter? Nothing. I just haven't heard you mention Rudy in so long. What do you need him for? To help me. I've got to get back to work, Agnes. We'll be needing dough. We could sell that crazy boat. The snowflake? No, I mean big dough. More jobs, Agnes. Like that transfer office I had cased out. I don't see what you need Rudy for. He's no safe man. I don't need a Peterman, Agnes. Just a helper. Someone to, to take me around. Take you around? Fred, what do you mean? Agnes, I... There's something the matter. Now, what is it, man? I'm blind. <laughs> There's a few more, Chief. Squad D reports a total arrest on the arson case. Oh, yes, I know, Miss Miller. Send a copy of the findings over to the commissioner, if you will. It's on the way. Sure. Well, what about you, Harrington? Anything on that warehouse robbery? Chief, I've been over that job with a fine-tooth comb. I pulled McHenry out of his prowl car all day yesterday just to get his story again. Uh, McHenry's the officer who shot at the men as they escaped, Chief. Well, yeah, shot and missed, I'm sorry to say, Chief. Missed completely? I thought the officer's report a week ago indicated that he might have hit one of the men. Yeah, that's right, Chief, he might, but nobody's been showing up dead in any of the alleys, though. That adds up to what? No idea at all? Well, just one, Chief. Yeah, and I'll say this before I start, Miss Miller. It ain't scientific. Harrington, I haven't said a word. I know, but you will, you will. The point is, Chief, I want to... Well, I want to play this one on a hunch. Well, we've played your hunches before, haven't we? Yeah. Yes, and we've good results, too. What's your thought? Okay, let's go back to this warehouse job for a minute, okay? 
I don't have to. The warehouse people have been on the phone about it all week. So what was it? A Peterman job. Am I right? No powder, no dynamite, no blasting. Just a straight Peterman. A what? A Peterman, Miss Miller. A man who opens safes. Oh. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Chief, I went over that warehouse safe 20 times. The guy opened it with his fingers. Yes, yes. You put that in your original report. Right. Now think about this, then. Feeling for those tumblers ain't easy, you know. That's very delicate work. You gotta be trained to it. Yes, go on. Okay, so it comes down to this, Chief. There's three guys I know who could have fingered a safe the way that warehouse job came off. Yeah, and one of them's in the happy house. Yes, and the other two. One's in California, Chief. At least I think he is. I'm checking on it. The other? Uh-huh, the other. The boy named Morton. Laird Morton. I got his file out of the master, Miss Morton. Is that M-O-R-T-O-N? That's right. He's been quiet for a couple of years, Chief. Might take me time to find him. Now, let me get this straight. You really think you can narrow down that warehouse robbery to certain individuals just on... On, on technique, Chief. And like I said, on a hunch, too. So, well, can I go on? You've nothing else? No witnesses? Fingerprints? Nothing? No, not so far, Chief. Let's see. All right. I'll hold it over on the disposition report, Harrington. We'll say, how about three days? Starting now, Chief? Starting now. Let's see what this hunch of yours will do. me when you move around, that's all. You here, Rudy? Yeah, just waiting for what you say, Lair. Go on, Lair. Say what you got to say. All right, we won't waste any more time. You can lead me into the transfer office, Rudy. The way I time it, it should be three minutes from the card of the safe. Yeah, if we have luck with the watchman, Lair. Never mind him. Now, you both got this picture? You lead me. Give me, oh, say, six minutes with the tumblers, and then we beat it. Back to our car? That's right, Agnes. From there, we go directly to the snowflake. To the what? Lead boat. I don't get it. Can you think of a better place to hide out, Rudy? We get aboard, shove off, we can cruise around for weeks. She sleeps six. She? Boat. Bought it off some jerk during the war. Yeah. Oh, well, you see, Rudy, I bought it complete. Right down to the gear and galley. Sure. Well, I mean, lad, we make the getaway on a boat? I told you, it's the safest place in the world. She's all set, too. Agnes saw everything, didn't you? I checked all the papers in your billfold. Swell. Well, now I guess I'll get a little sleep. Big day tomorrow, huh, Rudy? Yeah, whatever you say, Laird. Want some help? No, I can make it. I've been practicing, haven't I, Agnes? Go ahead, show him. Uh, Laird, watch it. I'll be all right, Rudy. You sit with Agnes. Three steps to the left. Turn and... Hey, shut up. Forward. Yeah. Lad, you all right? Yes. Sit still, Rudy. I I misjudged, I guess. I'll be fine. Good night now. Want a drink? What's the idea, Agnes? You let him walk right into that chair. I know. I forgot to tell him I moved it. Yeah. Never mind the drink. Hold still. Rudy, listen. Still, I said. 
that why? Just wanted to be sure of something. Are you? Yeah, I'm sure. That your idea, Laird sent him for me when he was blind. I just said it was a good idea. You didn't know then? But, uh, before? Him? Don't be funny. I'm not. I'm just getting organized, Agnes. You know, watching things around here the last few days, it strikes me you're, uh... For uh, what? You changed. Laird used to push you around like a lawnmower. That was before he lost his paper. Yeah, yeah. So now you let him walk into chairs. That ain't all he's walking into. I got it all planned. The transfer office job, the boat, everything. What is he walking into, Agnes? Rudy. Yeah? Now it's your turn to hold still. Maybe, honey. Still want to know what he's walking into? Yes. Okay, Chief, so it boils down to this. Either that warehouse job was a complete outsider, or it's my boy. Laird Morton, you mean, huh? Right, and I'm taking bets it was no outside rip and tear job. What makes you say that, Harrington? Because, Miss Miller, when a bunch of the boys plan a job the size of that warehouse deal, they line it up, see? And if they're from out of town, well, they get permission. Permission to break open a safe? From whom? From the boys in this town that know about things like safes. Yes, and they're pretty well cleaned out, aren't they? Aren't they, they are, Chief. And that's why, again, I think Laird's my boy. You know how to find him? Well, he's been off my books now for nearly three years, Chief, but I can find him. At least here's where I try. Now, <laughs> oh, I'll shoot your game some other time, Harry. Yeah, and with no chalk on my cue, too. Oh, hey, hey, before I forget it, uh, you ever hear from Morton? Yeah, Morton, you know, he used to play snooker in here. Laird Morton. Give me three, will you, Rusty? No, 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 the Panatella's that's the only good cigar you got. Hey, oh, Rusty, uh, Harry over at the billiard joint says, maybe that you heard from Laird. Yeah, Morton. Come on, Rusty, you know him. Laird Morton. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sorry to get you out of rehearsal, Maisie. Find a new number, huh? <laughs> Pretty good, too. Oh, oh, I know now what I meant to ask you, Maisie. You used to go around with Laird Morton, didn't you? I mean, back before he got married. <laughs> uh, well, tell me something, kid. Does he owe you any dough? <laughs> The watchman, Rudy. Is he in the office? What a... I told you a dozen times, Agnes. It should be straight ahead of us, up the steps and to the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it, Lynn. No light on. Okay. That's it, then. Let's go in. You got him, Rudy. Yeah, I am. That's it. Keep hold of my coat, Lynn. He won't fall. Remember now, both of you. We come right back to the car and drive directly to the boat. We know that. Go on, Rudy. Door's open. I told you it would be. 
watchman leaves it unlatched till 2 a.m. What's the matter? Set around your neck, Lance. What? Please, please, please. I got hold of it. Go on in. Will you come to your walk by in a minute? The binoculars, Rudy. You'll need a good pair on the boat. He's still there. He'll be talking to you. Okay. So far. Now we take the first door to the right. Huh? It'll be open, too. Go on. Try it. Like a barn. Look for the safe, Rudy. Is it there? Should be over in the corner. I see it. All right. Lead me to it. Come on, make it fast. That snooper gets back here every 20 minutes. Right here, Laird. You feel it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Shut that door, Agnes. What? Well, we come in. I didn't hear it shut. I got it. Can you open it, Larry? You know, breathe. Just let me warm up my fingers. What's the door, Agnes? Don't worry about me. Anybody comes through it, I'm ready for him. Can you imagine a big transfer company owning a safe like this? The tumblers fall like bowling pins. Two more minutes and they'll have it. Agnes, shut up, Agnes. I heard somebody's at the door. What? Can't be. We come in at one five, didn't we? You must get it mixed up, Agnes. Rudy, stand back. Be careful with that clock. Agnes, she got a light? No, he doesn't. Come on in, Grandpa. Welcome home. Suppose you had this plan. Give me a hand, Agnes. We've got to get out of here. Fast. Come on. Take it down to the car, fast. Agnes, take my hand. Sorry, lad, I ain't got the time. Agnes, you're not leaving me here. Agnes, no, you can't. Can't I? Watch me. Just watch me. Oh, I forgot you're blind. Agnes. Agnes, come back. I can't see. Agnes, no. No. Blinded safe cracker, deserted at the scene of a murder. We'll hear the next exciting development of this unusual case in just a moment. Now back to Mr. District Attorney. The reporters are going to wave Harrington. I'll say they are, Chief. Somebody tipped him to the angle in this thing. The angle, Harrington? Wouldn't you call it one, Miss Miller? A watchman gets killed. The prowl car boys come looking for him, and they find a blind man yelling his head off. Yes, as I put it together, the watchman must have been shot about 1 or 110. Well, by that, Chief, he was supposed to punch his clock at 1.15, and he didn't. Yes, I know. Then when he didn't report at 1.30, our men came in to investigate. <laughs> Some investigation. A dead watchman and Laird Morton, blind. Oh, Chief, he's being booked downtown. They'll hold him in your office until we get there. Yes, thank you, Miss Miller. Well, Harrington, where do we start? No gun, huh, Chief? None so far. Didn't you tell the men to search the yard outside? Yeah, Brophy's out there, Chief. If Morton tossed the gun out the window, we'll find it. Well, how could he if he's blind? Eh, that, Miss Miller, is the break-the-bank question. Oh, brother, what a lot of talking he's going to do. Well, I hope so. 
There's one thing in particular I'm curious about. Yeah, which one, Chief? If Morton is blind, what was he doing with a pair of binoculars around his neck? Shut the door to the cockpit, Rudy. It's cold. Oh, this one? It's only one. Shut it. How should I know? I ain't never been on a boat. Well, you are now. Like it? Yeah. Steer it with that? Sure. It isn't hard. Laird took me. Okay, so we're moving. Now, where does it go? Any place. I figured we'd just keep cruising around for a while. You know, let things cool down. And what happens when this crate runs out of gas? We buy some more. It's easy to get gas pumps all along the shore. Well, I still don't like it, Agnes. None of it. Set up, I tell you. I got all the dough from Laird's warehouse job before. Well, I wondered why we didn't wait and grab the loot at the transfer office. What for? We got plenty. Besides, they're only sick the insurance jicks on us. They can get nasty, too, you know. This way we're clear. And, uh, what about Laird? He won't talk, if that's what you mean. Well, why won't he? You killed that watchman, Agnes, not him. What's he got to lose by talking? You think I didn't figure? Listen, so they found him with a dead duck, all right. He's blind. No court in the world is convicted. Yeah, Laird but... knows that. So do the cops. I still say it would have been... I ain't finished. Finally, they got to find the gun, don't they? Now, that much from the movie. Hey, you still got it, haven't you? Certainly, I got it. Right here. Come on, Rudy. Relax. What is it Laird was always saying? Oh, yeah. Get a load of that air. <laughs> Now listen to reason, Morton. That watchman was killed with a thirty-two caliber slug. He was. Look at the district attorney when you're talking, Morton. I'm tired of looking at him. We've been at this four hours. You're tired of looking, huh? Which one? Are you really blind, Morton? You know, we'll be certain when the doctor gets here. Am I? What do you think, D.A.? I think you are. And so do I, Morton. Yeah, and I'll tell you how you got that way, too. From a cop's bullet right across your head where that scar is. That so? Well, we'll know after you're examined, Morton. I can't see your point in delaying things any longer. Anything you say, D.A.? Huh? What do you want to know? I'll read the last question, would you please, Miss Miller? Yes, sir. Um, listen to reason, Morton. That watchman was killed with a thirty-two caliber slug. All right, we'll start from there. Now, where's the gun, Morton? Who was with you, Morton? Come on, use your head, man. We've got you. Why shield the others? In a pig's eye, you got me. You were there, Sonny. Right there waiting for me. All right, smart guy. Go ahead on that. Go on, D.A. Tell a jury I did it. Tell them. And you can also tell them I'm blind. For Pete's sake, Agnes, let's turn this thing towards land. Not till we need gas. Oh, I'm going nuts, I tell you. Nothing but water. That's a nice crack. Huh? I'm here. Gee, I'll say you are. Just what do you mean by that? Oh, look, Agnes, we can't just spend the rest of our lives going nowhere. we got to get back to town. What for? Well, we're layered for one thing. Oh, now, look, I could call one of the boys, Agnes. They'll know if he's singing, maybe. He ain't, I told you. But we don't know, Agnes. Oh, it's driving me off my rock. I not told going. you before. Relax. I'm telling you, head this tub toward the shore. No, thank you. Listen, you I'm... fleet brain little idiot. Go on, eat. Get us back to me now. Go. Oh, 
Magnus, please. You don't look at my arm. I'll be black and blue. Will you listen to me, Agnes? Yes, it, Doctor. I planned this show and I'm running. You try any more rough stuff to help me, I'll toss you over the side. What time is it, Miss Miller? It's uh, 7.10, Chief. The day shift will be coming on at 7.30. Well, you ought to go on home. We can send for a stenographer downstairs. No, I'm all right, Chief, really. Is there any more coffee, Harrington? Yeah, plenty, Miss Miller, and then... How about you, Morton? Do you like talking some more? Hey, Morton. The chief's talking to you. Aren't you guys tired yet? <laughs> Boy, we got lots of time left, Morton. All day today, tonight, tomorrow, the next night. Who shot the watchman, Morton? Where's the gun, Morton? I'll get it. How'd you lose your sight, Morton? Pulling away from that warehouse job? Oh, I should give up, Harrington. Me. That's the Harbor Patrol. Oh, hmm? let me have it. Yes, sir, right here. What's that, Miss Miller? Yes. The Harbor Hello. Patrol, Harrington. The chief right. told them about an hour ago from outside. You sure yeah. now? Yeah. You sure? The number is 20Y205. Yes, I'll repeat it. 20Y205. What's the matter, lad? No. You look excited. No, have a boat stand by, will you please? We'll be right out. Harrington, we've got it. Come on, let's go. Now, Agnes, put away the gun, will you? I, I didn't mean to get rough. Shut up, Emma. Huh? The boat. See it coming up from the port side? Where? There. See it? What's this? Rudy, that's a patrol boat. I don't get it. What patrol? What are you talking about? 20, 25, stand by to be boarded. By my foot. Get out of my way, Rudy. Cut your motors and stand by. You're under arrest. Agnes, it's cops. Listen to the mic. Don't you think I can hear? Get back, Rudy. They're coming alongside. Right, stand by. We're coming aboard. Watch it, Chief. Get back. Get back or I start shooting. Agnes, don't be a fool. The boat's loaded with police. Cover me, Harrington. I'm right with you, Chief. Easy, Billy. Keep her alongside. The Chief's going over. You rats, I told you to... Don't reach for that gun. Leave it on the deck. Okay, Chief. Here, wait till I cut these engines. Did I get him? Oh, just her arm, I think, Harrington. Stand still, both of you. Oh, listen, I didn't do anything. Shut up, Rudy. What, you, can't you see I'm bleeding? Well, we'll have you taken care of as soon as we get ashore. Take the man, Harrington. Right, Chief. Oh, you're some Bring her up a little, silly. All set? Now let's take this pair back to town. <laughs> your district attorney. I should like to report, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, that all three of this unusual trio, Laird Morton, his wife, and Rudy Bowie, will pay the full penalty demanded for the murder of the watchman in the transfer company office. Don't say they will, Chief, and that's the end of all those safe-cracking jobs on the list. Yes, Harrington, it is. Oh, Chief, I think you'd better explain just how you knew Agnes and Rudy were on a boat and which boat to go after. Well, we have Laird to thank for that, Miss Miller. As you know, when we found him, he had a pair of very good binoculars around his neck. Sure, Chief. A blind man with spyglasses. Exactly, Harrington. He intended to bring them to the boat for his wife and Rudy. Fortunately, this particular pair of binoculars was of a foreign make. I don't understand, Chief. During the war and before, Miss Miller, all such foreign binoculars had to be registered with the proper authorities. When we examined the pair on Laird, I checked the registration 
and found them assigned to his boat. With the Coast Guard number 20Y-205. Right, Chief? Right, Harrington. Then when the harbor police reported sight of the vessel, we went right up. You certainly did, Chief. Well, it just goes to show what you've said so often, Chief. The crooks don't have a chance of winning, ever. Indeed. For no criminal or criminal gang has the resources of the forces of law and order. And now what about next week? Well, our story for next week, ladies and gentlemen, is another colorful and exciting dramatization. It's the case of the House of Death. And I invite you to join us for it. And so until then, thank you and... Good night. The names of all characters in tonight's dramatization are fictitious and in a resemblance to names of living persons or actual places is purely coincidental. Our stars were Jay Justin in the title role, Len Doyle as Harrington, and Vicki Bola as Miss Miller. The music was under the direction of Peter Van Steeden. The program is produced and directed by Edward A. Byram and written by Robert Shaw. Mr. District Attorney was originated by Phillips H. Lord. Remember, I panel toothpaste for the smile of beauty. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. Bristol Myers invites you to tune in again next week for Duffy's Tavern and Mr. District Attorney. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, followed by... Richard Diamond, private detective. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.